What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks with a familiar face and a familiar voice. Eric Name is here from The Athletic because we need to discuss the defense. I broke it down with Frank a little bit last week and we asked about the three-point line. And then Charles Lee conveniently let us in <laughs> to the Bucks' secret plans about the three-point defense. Eric has just wrote a story at The Athletic, so we're going to discuss that. And then also we will talk about other takeaways from training camp slash preseason. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see him hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find some other stuff over at ESPN. Like I said, alongside me, from The Athletic, uh, one of the founding fathers of the Lockdown Bucks podcast and great friend of mine, Eric Name. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you back on. Last time you were on here, 90 minutes. We're not running 90 minutes today, <laughs> but I'm just glad that I could be here. Uh, yeah, it is good to have you around. Uh, last time, Frank was the only one lucky enough to be uh, in my virtual presence. I guess yes. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Um, but yeah, we're 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 gonna knock this out. It's like old times. Uh, it's good to see you. I'm happy that you know you were able to do the World Cup uh, down in Australia and Sydney. It looked great. The U.S. won, so I'm happy. And yeah, we're in a good place. Yeah, it was basically a free trip to Australia for a training camp for the U.S. Uh, <laughs> women. No one got particularly close, but it was fun to cover that. Uh, we do thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day as well. But let's get into this story that you wrote. So as we discussed, Charles Lee it kind of hinted to the fact that potentially the Bucks are going to look to limit the damage beyond the three-point line a little bit this season. Uh, and it was interesting because... Yeah, Bud spends the night. We know he's scooting around at the moment. I think he's still scooting around, maybe on crutches. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was up in the suite. He wasn't on the sidelines. Charles Lee gets the pre- and post-game press conference duties. And he did just let slip a little bit, which is absolutely not something Bud would have let happen. <laughs> uh, so do you no. want to walk us through exactly how this all played out for those that haven't caught up? And perhaps before we get to it, from the business side of things, have you got a deal for anyone that wants to sign up to The Athletic? What do we got cooking at the moment? Of course, a uh, dollar a month for new subscribers over at The Athletic. That'll be a six-month offer. So you can come through and read the story that I wrote and you know watch the video that I clipped and stuff like that. But always welcome. Uh, hopefully, people enjoy my work over there. Um, I, I mean, it, so this is it's, it's always interesting. Um, everyone who follows the bucks knows how secretive bud is right like uh you know i have dfs players asking me the the day of you know of that first game you know who are the starters who how how much they're gonna play it is like come on <laughs> like bud bud doesn't want to tell me the starters 90 minutes before the game he doesn't he's not going to give us a, a full-on readout and, and that's just like how he is he's very secretive he always has been and, you know, over the years, sometimes in training camp, you find stuff out, right? Like, you know, I had the story about the boxes the other year that 
uh, we were able to do. And like Bud was not happy. Like he, he was <laughs> like, come on, like this, this is supposed to be a secret and I don't, I don't want it like out. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was nice that Charles said that that's been like an emphasis for them, uh, you know, limiting three point attempts and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, as soon as I told Bud, obviously I was smiling cause I, I was happy that I knew some information and he immediately was like, he lied. Mm-mm. No. And like, we just started laughing and eventually, you know, he did like go into it and I don't know, it's, it's really interesting to me because, um, <sighs> no matter what you think of the defense that there, and honestly, when I dropped the story, it was a celebratory tone from Bucks Twitter, right? Like right. everyone was like, this is amazing. Um, it, do, it isn't necessarily just going to work. Like when there is a reason that they used to do what they used to do, right? Like there's a reason why they run drop coverage. There's a reason why that you have Brooke Lopez on the floor. There's a reason why you have Giannis doing his thing. And there's a reason why you ultimately make drives in getting to the rim as tough as possible. It's the most efficient shot. Even though threes are more popular, like dunks and layups are the most efficient shots. So the Bucks went out of their way to make that as hard as possible. And it's worked overwhelmingly. And, you know, it was funny. I I had someone who asked me to, in, in my story, I put like, hey, you know, in three-point attempts per game, from your opponent for the last four years, the Bucks were 30th, 30th, 28th, and 30th. And in that time, you know, their defensive rating was first, first, ninth, and then 15th. And, you know, somebody asked me like, oh, could you do it for the postseason? And I said, sure. I don't really like looking at postseason stats like in that way, because it's just, it, it's not super useful, right? Like everyone plays different teams in the playoffs. You play a different amount of games. It's it's not like the best marker of of anything because it's an unequal sample and it's a small sample. But anyways, like I they asked me to run it for the playoffs. And when you look at kind of what they do in the playoffs, they've been very good, right? Like so they give up all these threes and in the playoffs, they give up a ton of threes too. In the playoffs, first in defensive rating in 2018-19, fourth in defensive rating in 2019-20, which again was a year where, you know, the defense was broken against the Heat and they were terrible and all that and all that. In 2021, first in defensive rating. And last year, first in defensive rating. So even as, you know, the Bucks were getting destroyed by the Celtics, they were still the best defense in the playoffs. And and I do think like that shouldn't be you know, kind of ignored, but the Bucks defense itself is very good. And it has been for many years, more often than not, when they've lost in the playoffs, it's been the offense. The offense hasn't been good enough. And obviously if you watch the Bucks long enough, you've seen Drew Holiday miss a bunch of shots. You've seen Chris Middleton miss a bunch of shots. You've seen Giannis uh, at times struggle. He doesn't really do that anymore because he's so good, but you know, you've seen all those things and I, I don't know, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see. Because it does seem like it's not a full, like, wholesale change defensively. It does feel like, hey, if you're a help defender, stay close to your guy. But not, like, the backside help at the rim, where that's Brooke Lopez, where that's Giannis. Those guys are still going to be doing that. It's like, if you're on the wing, don't try to dig in and make them make a pass. Like, 
just let Drew handle it or just let Grayson handle it or, or just let Chris handle it. Like just let the the defender on the ball handle the on the ball responsibilities. And, and I do think it's going to be really interesting to kind of watch and see if it works because it could not work. So I think the idea of experiment, and we've seen this a little bit. So go back to 2021 where they did win the title. Everyone was happy. Everyone was excited because the Bucks were trying some different things during the regular season. And that was the first year where you lost the stability of, well, this is just the best defense in the regular season. But everyone was cool with it because it meant that you were trying different things. Right. Last year, if you look at the numbers, I mean, you can point to a number of different things, but very clearly losing Brook Lopez for 70 games, despite the fact in some circles he's remained maligned <laughs> because of the defensive scheme, right. you can point to that. So I'm cool with the idea that the Bucks are going to try different things. But to your point, there might be some issues along the way or other areas of the floor where they haven't given up points that are going to be problematic. Maybe there's more fouling because you don't have the help there. So we can get into that in a little bit. But before we do, I want to ask you about uh, what they did in the championship run because you wrote about this a little bit in the story. And I do think that it's glossed over a little bit of how the Bucks actually defended throughout that playoff run. You spoke about how they've been really dominant in the postseason defensively even last year despite the fact everyone remembers game seven and all the threes so we'll get to that i'll talk about bet online first though i got some odds sent through to me about the most improved player of 2022-2023 and i was looking down the list and i was like okay well where's the, where's the bucks players is there any bucks players that are going to come up here uh unfortunately not in about the top uh let's say i've got a list of about 80 players here, I think, and there's no bucks on this list. But if you are interested in most improved player at betonline.net, Anthony Edwards is the favorite. Tyrese Halliburton's there. Jalen Brunson, the star of the New York Knicks, is there as well. So go check out the most improved player odds at betonline.net, which is your number one source. Uh, Also for football betting info this season, I believe the Packers are playing in London this week. I think that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. So if you think that they're going to get that win, uh, go to Bet Online and check all the lines, the odds, everything else to do with that game. Uh, they've also got MLB, MMA, boxing, golf as well. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, we have a season preview also coming up, uh, Eric. So as we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks their first listen every day. Check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview starting on October 10. Six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and NBA insiders of the Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey, they're all combined into one Ultimate NBA Preview. That's starting October 10. So check that out wherever you get your podcasts. I'm pretty sure that'll be on YouTube as well. So uh, go check it out. We're in there. The Bucks are there. They're in the Contenders Preview, as you would suspect. Uh, so what did they do in the 2021 playoffs Eric in terms of defense because there's always this idea that well I'll just play Giannis at the five play small ball <laughs> you win you can't lose switch everything so what did they do with Brook Lopez because I think looking back you'll see that he was a significant part of what they were able to do yeah I mean I think that's kind of where this new emphasis is going to be interesting because I, I think you can kind of see some of the seeds of that in that playoff run right so the first round to me was pretty simple, right? Like it, they're going up against the Heat. Uh, in the previous postseason, they did not put Giannis on Jimmy Butler. This time they're like, all right, Giannis on Jimmy Butler, 
That's what we're going to do. So, you know, you had Giannis on Jimmy, Brooke on Bam. They both played a million feet off of him and said, all right, do your thing. Like, if you want to try to hit jumpers, go for it. And again, I know the drop coverage is much maligned, and that's always what we end up talking about. But that was pure drop. It, it was dropped the whole way. Like, it, uh, essentially, they kept everyone on those positions, even, you know, even with PJ Tucker around. I know the king of the switch and the guy that, you know, coached the defense that year. Um, you know, with him, they were still in straight up drop. And I mean, the only thing that they're doing right is, you know, Chris Middleton's chasing around the best shooter. Those things won't change this year. Uh, so that was the first round. Second round, you're going up against Kevin Durant. The, the biggest headline, the biggest argument, was PJ Tucker screaming at us. Uh, and I say us like the media members, cause it was during a press conference. He's screaming about how the team needs to stop helping him so much. Like he, he doesn't need help. Just let me take Kevin Durant. No one else help. Don't let him hurt us as a passer. Like <laughs> let's j- I got him. Like he's going to put up 40. That's what he does. He's Kevin Durant. He's the greatest scorer we've ever seen or whatever PJ speech was. I think I might've hit that word for word. Um, but like he, that was the thing. Like don't help so much, but Brooke Lopez was still in the game. Brooke Lopez was still playing drop coverage. They did bring it up a little bit higher on the floor. He's giving a little bit more pressure onto Durant, but you know, you go back and watch that game. Uh, NBA TV at game seven on the other, I don't know, sometime last week and I was watching it and I mean, Brooke Lopez is in there, you know, PJ Tucker in the fourth quarter in overtime is in foul trouble. They can't play him that much. Connaughton is in instead. Middleton's over on Durant. Like they are essentially doing all those things. And it's Brooke Lopez in drop coverage. He has one of the biggest blocks in the, of the game in drop coverage against Kevin Durant kind of coming out of nowhere and blocking that shot. So again, everyone wants, as you said, small ball, switch everything. Overwhelmingly in that playoff run, the Bucks did it. I'm not trying to say that they didn't, right? Like they did have small ball lineups and, they did kind of do well in those moments, but overwhelmingly, like Brooke Lopez was still on the floor. So you go to the Hawks series, Trey Young drops in a million floaters in that first game. And it's like, oh man, drop coverage is really dead now. Like there's no way that they can keep doing this. And then they changed the help defense on the wings. They, you know, were a little bit more active in those places. And eventually they were just in drop coverage until game five when Brooke, and everyone switched and it threw the Hawks for a total loop. Like they weren't really sure what was going on because they didn't expect it. So again, nice surprise, but overwhelmingly it isn't switch everything. It's like playing around with the help. And then, you know, you go to that sun series, suns go up to nothing. They decided to start switching around the defensive matchups. Who's drew holiday covering who's PJ Tucker covering. But again, you're still in the drop coverage, but in that series, it's changing the help, Right. The, that those first couple games in Phoenix, it's a bunch of corner threes. It's Mikhail Bridges just going wild. Like it's all it's all the others, and it's all the stuff that you know the Bucks have, you know, are kind of working on right here, right? Like by changing the help, then all of a sudden you don't give those shots up. So I do think when you look back at that run, I know because PJ Tucker was on the team, there's always a thought that like you know they were switching everything. It was small ball all the time. And it really wasn't like it, it was Brooke Lopez doing some of these other things and their help defenders doing some of these other things, which is to me kind of why you see what they're doing or at least planning 
on trying to do here. Obviously, we only got to see one game against nine through 20 on the Grizzlies roster. So like we don't have like a great idea of exactly what it'll look like. But as we're looking for it, I think you can kind of see some of those things in that playoff run uh, from two years ago when they, when they won the championship. Yeah, and this is why you need to read the story on The Athletic because there's also clips there. There was a clip from the Grizzlies game. So I just looked up the box score from Game 7 while you were talking there. So I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, so it might be pointless trivia, but how many minutes do you think Brooke played out of the, what was it, 53? 53. Um, I'm going to say like 32. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a staggering number. forty Over 46 minutes. It's crazy. So, and, and admittedly, like you look at that lineup and you say, okay, well, they had Kevin Durant. So maybe if they had another ball handler, even just Kyrie Irving, maybe that changes the calculus or, or, or it probably does change the calculus. Yeah. But still, 47 minutes is extreme. So one of the other clips you had in your story, if you really want just to illustrate or, or have a look at what the Bucks were doing in that Celtics series, for instance, there was one clip where it was Grayson Allen. I believe he was guarding Derek White. I think it was Jason Tatum that had the ball. And the Bucks were just like straight up, we, we don't want Jason Tatum going one-on-one with anyone, even if it is Drew Holiday. So Grayson Allen just completely sells out, just just runs at Tatum like a maniac. Yeah. And it's just it's just this, the simplest of passes. Derek White knocks down the open three. So that's why people are frustrated about the three-point defense, which I totally get. Uh, I think that also by the time you get to game seven of a Celtic series that was brutal, there was probably other factors, there was fatigue, there was all these types of things that played into this. But the idea of staying at home a little bit more on other players does make some sense. I saw a tweet, you put the numbers up in terms of opponent uh, three-point field goal attempts against the Bucs. I saw a tweet this morning just by chance that just had the the rising three-point rate across the league. And I think this year is on... Well, it will be because it's going to go up. will be the first year that across the league, it's above 40% of field goal attempts at threes. So it has changed even in the time that Bud's been here where maybe there were some guys four years or five years ago that wouldn't just take the shot, but now they're all taking the shot and they're yeah. all kind of fine at it or can hit an open three. So it's, it's all changed. The calculus has all changed. So what are you concerned about in terms of if they really do lean into this? I think overwhelmingly over the years, um, you know, everyone always thinks about, ah, man, you know, they just give up so many threes. So that means all of the great three-point shooters surely had massive games against the Bucks. <laughs> no, they, they, they never do because the Bucks do focus on that. Like if you're a very good shooter, they are going to stay connected and they are going to play maybe similarly to the way that they're going to do health defense this year. It's the stinking um, Grant Williams of the world. Correct. Like it's always going to be, you're probably above average-ish, but not elite guys typically taking above the break threes. Sometimes you get a swing swing for a corner three. Like those are the shots that you're giving up and you're giving them up to role players. So Bucks fans over the years, if I had to watch a lot of role players have the <laughs> best games of their career and be like, why the is Sadiq Bay? going crazy against the Bucs or whoever maybe like those are just the things that happen. I do have some concern that if you stop helping out on those guys as much, if you stop giving stars that much attention, one, like you said, foul trouble, like Drew Holiday gets a great whistle. He gets a lot of respect from officials, but also if 
he just has to take guys by himself, there's the potential that he gets a couple ticky-tack fouls, and then all of a sudden you've lost Drew Holiday for, who knows, 15 minutes of that game. And and that's not ideal. So you go from there, maybe Drew Holiday is even more tired, right? We've seen how tired he gets in the playoffs when he's playing real defense against people. The shot goes, right? Like he only has so much energy in his body. So you're going to have him, you know, exerting that on the defense event. So I think you have some of that. And then also you might just have stars go off more often. That's, that's something overwhelming that, doesn't really happen against the Bucks. It's typically not the guy. The guy doesn't do the thing. You know, Embiid's had some big games over the year, but like typically if it's like a big wing or it's a good point guy, like they're not the guy to do it. And I do wonder if there's some of that. And then honestly, this could just be a massive ask for Brooke Lopez. And everyone who's familiar with my work um, knows how much I appreciate what Brooke Lopez does on the defensive end. Uh, you know, I think I've tried to help Bucks fans over the years understand it a, a little bit better. Like, hey, this dude's actually really good defensively. And obviously you saw him rewarded with an all defensive team a few years back. Like, I do think this is a lot for him. Like, this is going to be a big ask. Like, the the clip that you referenced also just has Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez covering a pick and roll by themselves. And as it's happening... It's just Brooke, man. There, there's no one else there. Like you're looking at the role, man. There's not a tag from a backside guy. Uh, and I think over the years, what you've seen is, yes, Brooke Lopez does a great job at the rim. Yes, Giannis does a great job at the rim. But typically, those drives aren't easy to begin with. Like it, the the first step of that potential scoring possession isn't easy. Now it's easier. Okay, what if they have a full runway? Full runway to go up at Brooke Lopez. 10 times a game rather than a shortened runway or a tough move before that. Like the Bucks have been very good at putting Brooke and Giannis in a good place to succeed at the rim. And those two are great rim protectors. I, I don't want to undersell just how good they are. They're fantastic at it, but the Bucks have put them in a position to, to succeed. And I do wonder if you see some of that. So I, I think there's real concerns here. Like the NBA has so much talent. The players are so skilled at this point that you just can't take away everything. That, that's not how this works. There's there's very few teams over the years that have ever been able to do that. And now the Bucks are potentially, I mean, it, they, to turn the knob up over here on help defense, you got to turn the knob down on, you know, making drives more difficult or whatever it may be. So I do think, you know, you're watching the levers at play here. Those are kind of my concerns. Do you share them? Like, what do you think? Yeah, I, th I think, <clears throat> as I try and talk, I think um, the, the question will be, particularly with these role players, if you've given them, <clears throat> if you've given them wide open threes in the past, can you turn them into semi-contested threes, which probably impacts the percentage that they're able to shoot? I think the other thing that is going to be interesting, I mean, you talk about the quick fouls potentially on a Drew Holiday, those types of players. I think there's not too many things that make Bud as red in the face as foul trouble sending the opposition to the free throw line. So I think the Bucks have done a pretty good job of understanding, okay, well, what are the shots that we want to give away? And they've done a good job of it. 
But as the numbers continue to to tilt towards the three-point line, you do have to adjust a little bit. But at the same time, you don't want to become a team that's giving up points in the paint. You don't want to be a team that's sending teams to the free-throw line because I think we've seen with the personnel that the Bucks have, it's been perfect. And, and this is why you can't just plug in Bobby Portis last year. And I thought he did a fine job. Yeah, he had a good, he had a really good season, but he's not Brook Lopez, so that's why this season it does feel like we've spoken about Brook Lopez a fair bit and his contract status and what's going to happen. This is a really big year that you really want to cash in if you can, because there's probably going to be significant change. And again, for as much as he's been maligned because of the scheme, there's only one Brook Lopez, and you can't just replace him, particularly with how the Bucks got him and how it all played out. And then you probably are going to have to significantly change your defense. So I just think it's a big year. I understand why they want to test some things out in the regular season. It makes sense to me. I don't think it's necessarily going all out to stop the three-point shot. But yeah, maybe if, if it's just a half a step, a full step closer to those shooters. I know you again posted another clip where they were really sticking to a bunch of randoms on the Grizzlies. And, you know, that's a nice that's a nice little clip to see because it's just not what we've seen in the past. But I'm curious to see what happens if they're playing a really good team and things don't go well straight away. Do they just go back to the way they've defended, which I don't think you could have a problem with. But, uh, yeah, I'm fascinated for the first night where they give up 30-plus free throws or they give up yep. 50 points in the paint because that's going to be a real test. Yeah, I mean, it was funny, too, talking with Bud, like – my my question typically tends to be like if you're making changes like how deeply are all of those habits like pushed into your system and that's been three years of it right like for three years they've done pretty much the exact same thing defensively and i was like okay well you know you've had a training camp which is you know a couple weeks you probably had some open gyms before that so a couple weeks before that and in my head i was like okay well where are those old habits? Like, uh, how have have they died? Has it been difficult for them? Like, and he was, he's like, well, if we do some of the stuff that made us a good defense on mistake, still, that's still not that bad. We were in a good place defensively before this. And I, it, what I didn't, I didn't mean it to come off offensively, right? Like, Oh my God, it'd be terrible if you did like the old thing, but bud, like you could tell, um, felt it right like this is a defense that obviously he's been very passionate about they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league since he's been here so he cares about this a lot like there's no way that you know this decision came easily like it it was not something where it was like yep we're doing it like no like this there's a lot of discussion that went into this so i'm curious you know it is helping out on a Jason Tatum drive and leaving Grant Williams in, you know, December, is that a benchable kind of thing? Like if you do it, is it like, all right, sit down. Like, that's not how we do it anymore. Like, how do you kind of do this? Like, how do you get those habits and, and how quickly does it happen? So yeah, I'm going to be, it's going to be very interesting, right? We've seen a, a very similar defensive, you know, kind of style and scheme for three years. And now, They've tweaked it a little bit. I think overwhelmingly people are going to see a lot of the exact same, right? Like the rim defense is still going to be extremely good. They're, they're probably still going to give up some threes. You know, you can't take them all out because people, as you mentioned, are shooting so many of them every night that, you know, there's probably still going to be some open threes. But how does this all work? I, I think it'll be super interesting to watch. 
I think having such a veteran team helps as well. These guys are yeah, really across the board, smart players. And yeah. it's not so much, and if you know Bud and the way he's coached over the course of his career, you'll understand it's not abandoning the past as much as it is adding a string to the bow. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch. One quick one before we wrap it up. I think I saw a photo of this. You mentioned the blue boxes before. Is there like a four-point line now? What's going on? Uh, yeah, there is a four-point line. Um, and I mean, again, so kind of how this job works, right, is, you know, the Bucks have a very long practice and then we're allowed in for essentially the least interesting parts of practice. Uh, like they still need to shoot free throws. They still need to, you know, finish off their shooting drills. And that's what we're allowed in for. And I mean, I thought it was really interesting. The Bucks for years have shot really deep threes in practices, right? Like those yeah. blue boxes aren't on the line. They're behind them, right? It's, it's a couple feet behind them. So they've always shot from deep, but no, on, on the, so it's the court. So it's like the shooting guard court, like the court, the players get broken up into different areas. So like court four is the bigs and, you know, this basket is the shooting guard types and it was, I mean, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, George Hill, Grayson Allen. And so the boxes are on the floor, but then behind it is a line that goes all the way behind it. And they were shooting from behind that line. And I mean, those are deep threes. Like the Bucks, the Bucks shoot deep threes. And those are insanely deep threes. Like there was a drill where they're pulling up from half court at that line. Like it was like, all right, one dribble from half court, get to the line, shoot. And I'll be honest, they weren't making a lot. And yeah. again, it was like the end of practice, I'm sure tired legs, all of that. So like I could get it, but in my head, I was like, is this even a good idea? Like I I'm all for, you know, exploring new space on the floor, getting even more space. And for Giannis, that's a good idea, but like, should everybody be doing it? Like, Okay, maybe like Grayson. Grayson shoots a lot of deep threes. He's good at it. Pat's got the strength for it. Maybe he should. Should everybody else? Probably not. So I'll, I'll, I'll be very interested to see like how that actually comes into play. I, I mean, early in the preseason opener against the Grizzlies, you saw Grayson take like a pull-up three from a couple feet behind the line. Like In my head, I was like, hmm, okay. He was kind of practicing that in that drill. It wasn't as deep as he was taking in that drill, but it's like – is it more transition threes? Is it earlier threes? Is it, okay, take one step further back than you had been in previous years so you can give Giannis that much more space or, and pull the defense out that much? For, I, I don't know. It, it's the success rate of the threes, as I was watching them, made me think like, mm, maybe this experiment isn't going to like be a good one and it'll get like tossed out, but but we'll see. Yeah, that's uh, there has to be a severe drop in the numbers. I would, I would have to think. And uh, also, George Hill is going to throw his throw his neck back out if he keeps shooting from all the way back there. I mean, it's going to be brutal. Yeah, look after you guys. All right, check out. <clears throat> tell you what, struggling with my voice today. Apologies, but check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with me, good mate Josh Lloyd. If you're getting ready for your fantasy basketball season, he'll have you covered with uh, drafts, roster moves, sleepers. He knows it all. Honestly, it's insane how much work that that guy does. So check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, Eric, we will chat through the season, I believe, anytime. Well, you drop regularly good stories, but the particularly interesting ones is when I'll uh, when I'll be hassling you. What's the deal again? So what do people have to do? Literally just click on one of my stories. If you're not a subscriber, it'll you know you'll 
get the first three paragraphs and then all of a sudden it'll give you a chance to subscribe. And if you're a new subscriber, it'll just be a dollar a month for six months. Like it's, there's no like code you have to put in or anything. Like literally just click on one of my stories, scroll down till it tells you, Hey, do you want to subscribe, subscribe? And you'll get a pretty sweet deal. Like a dollar a month is, is cheap. And as I said, the clips are good in these stories. Keeps you keeps you engaged. You're reading it, but you, perhaps you can't quite understand it. The clips will be there, and uh, and you can see it as well. So it's really good stuff. So check that out. Uh, like I said, we'll have Eric on through the season when he gets time. But we're, we're fortunate here because uh, no trip to Abu Dhabi for Eric. Yeah. So he's going to be watching these next two games from the couch. We'll have a post-game pod tomorrow. I believe that's an 11 a.m. tip. Eric is central time. Yep, yes. sure is. Bucks and Hawks, another game over the weekend. So we'll try to get a couple of pods uh, going there as well. Eric, always a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Also a note, NBA TV only for Bucks fans tomorrow. So if you're trying to watch it on Bally or don't have NBA TV, you're going to have to find, I don't know, an NBA app, maybe the Bucks app will have it. I don't know. But it is not on Bally tomorrow. All right. 3 a.m. for me. So we're undecided whether I'm going to watch that one uh, live. We'll have a podcast tomorrow, though. As I said, I'll drag Frank on, see what he's got to say about uh, what happens in Abu Dhabi. So we'll speak to all you guys tomorrow.